Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're in a battle, and I'm going to be talking about the battle we need to pay attention to, because this is something where most Christians don't really connect with. They don't really think about it, which we should because it's in the Bible. And thank God we have a Bible, but I'm going to get into something more important than the Bible. (gasps) Did he just say that? Yeah, I did. I'm going to prove my point too. But let's go ahead and start in Ephesians, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now, think about this. Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, listen, there are satanic influences. Now, how many of you, and, and, and I want you to be, truthful, but not super spiritual. How many of you have seen yourself fighting a demon or a spiritual demonic governor of a, of, in the heavenlies? And most people, if they're being real, are going to go, I don't remember fighting one. I don't even remember seeing one. But what does it say here? It says, that's where our battle is. So have you guys seen these battles? Actually, you have, because those demonic influences are influencing, and then we're seeing the influence of the spirits. See, the devil can't punch you in the face, but he can get some psycho, some person that's evil-hearted, go punch you in the face. Is that amazing? Don't, I mean, y'all seen these videos of, of, of innocent people just getting beat. And this has been happening in our nation and throughout the world forever. This isn't a new thing. But the enemy is trying to bring division. He's trying to get hate, motivation. He's trying to influence people to attack one another. And as long as he does that, he's in control. It's when we stand up and take a stand for what is right. See, ultimately, you have to deal with issue. But with agendas, it's never an issue you get to deal with. It becomes bigger than the main focus. And you lose sight of how to fix something, how to repair something. I mean, I've talked about this in in life study and things like this. I let people understand where my heart is, is you got to fix a wrong. Period. If you see a pattern of wrong, you have to fix it. Not difficult. It's only difficult is when everybody gets focused off of what can we do to fix? Listen, we went from fix a problem to get rid of all police I mean, this is insanity. 
Can you imagine? No police. Well, let me just think about that for a minute. I'm just thinking about driving and things like that. But I'm not thinking about anything as far as theft, robbery, rape, destruction, murder. I'm not thinking about those things. I'm just thinking about speeding right now. In other words, you get rid of authority, according to scripture, you'll have every evil work happening. And by the way, without authority, the country fails. And you might be thinking, well, how do you, have, do you, how do you know? Have you ever heard of a third world country? Do they have police? Yeah, they do. Corrupted police, no authority. And what do you have? Third world chaos. This is historic. I mean, this is history. And we understand that. You look at history, you can see this. So to go beyond the truth of what needs to happen is agendas. I don't care what political party you're affiliated with. If you're thinking about defunding a group of people that are protecting, majority of them are protecting and watching out for us, you're being manipulated by Satan, demons. And that's the fact. So we look at the scripture and it says, do what? We're not ignorant. We're looking and understanding that this is a spiritual warfare. Let's, let's see 2 Corinthians 2.11. This is God's word. I don't want Satan to outwit us. After all, we're not ignorant about Satan's schemings. In the New King James, it says, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. Now, the Greek word is really interesting because what it literally is saying is, is we're not ignorant. We're, we're not dumb in knowledge, lacking knowledge to Satan's noimata. And that literally comes down to mind games, wicked scheming. We're not ignorant to the enemy's mind games, wicked scheming. See, like I said, the devil hates you, but he doesn't come down and, and, and you know, kill your dog. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, he can't do anything to you, but he can influence people. And that's what he's do, been doing. But also the sin nature is filled with death and destruction. So you don't have to have a devil influence someone to hurt someone. You can just be mad. You can just be angry. You could just be drunk. You could just be drugs. You can, you can fill in the blanks to make you do something or be a part or influence you to do bad things. Would you guys not agree with that? Okay. So we can't just say the devil made me do it though he is influencing. And that's what we have to see because it's so important to be a believer, a follower of Jesus, to understand this, to see this. We have this writing and it is to help us, help us get control of, I'm not fighting you as a person. You're not gonna win that way. 
You ever seen someone or been around someone or have a friend that you, it, there's no purpose of arguing because never, you're never going to win? Well, I mean, that, that's just normal life. You just look straight ahead. You don't need to be turning to, you know, don't be looking at husbands, wives, kids. But it says we're not ignorant of, we're not ignorant of. We shouldn't be ignorant of that the enemy is affecting people. All right? 2 Corinthians 11, 14, which is so interesting, it says the enemy comes as an angel of light, which I, th- I find this, this was so when I first heard this, it was so enlightening because you, you look at the teachings of Scripture and you look at the enemy and then you look at Hollywood. And so you assume, you know, the devil's like, you know, and so scary, run away from him. I got that. So who's going to follow scary guy? It's pretty much you're not going to unless, you know, you're a, a flipped out Satanist or whatever, which they, they don't even know what he looks like. But the point is, is you're not, you're not really following some evil monster. But many are following someone because they're stealing, killing, and destroying. So who are they following? They're following a deception. The, the enemy appears as an angel of light. Think about that. You can have all kinds of good intentions that end up bad. And we have to recognize that. But there is this influence. Come on, believers. Just know that there, are, there is an influence. Now, this isn't for you to go home and your wife starts yelling at you. Go get behind me, Satan. Okay, this ain't for that. Don't be using these as tools to fight each other. No, I know the battle I'm fighting. I ain't fighting you. I'm fighting the devil in you. That's not what this is for. I don't want you to go that way. I could just see it right now, Sunday afternoon, you know. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I want you to look at this. This is, this is a very interesting scripture. This brought so much, um, it gave me a really good foundation as far as how people see the Bible and how people don't receive it how it's seen and how it's received. And 1 Corinthians 2.14 gives us this, this beautiful picture. The natural man, everybody say natural person. Natural person, that means a normal person that has not received Jesus, all right? A normal person that has not received Jesus. I don't know, why am I saying normal? It was an abnormal person. A person that has not received Jesus, okay? Now follow this because it's so important. The natural person does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The what? The things of the Spirit of God. It's so important to read this. For they are foolish, foolishness to him. Nor can he or her know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, wouldn't that have been a good place to put, cannot receive the things of the word of God? Wouldn't that have been a good place to put the Bible? See, this is very interesting because this is how we can get tilted in a wrong understanding or a wrong way. To restart establishing foundational 
foundational truths for our belief that can be rocked if it's tied to the Bible. Believe it or not. If you think I'm off on this, name how many, tell me how many denominations there are in the Christian faith. Thousands. Hmm, that's interesting. How many Bibles written do we have as far as different ones? Or is this one Bible? Huh. One Bible, thousands of denominations. How is that so? You guys are wise people. Think about it. How do you have thousands? Denominations equate to different beliefs than others. How? Thousands? One Bible. The natural man, woman, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. This is so important because they can't know them because they are spiritually discerned. What is spiritually discerned? The things of the Spirit of God. Now, I'm, I, I'm, that might not be clear right now, but it's going to be crystal clear in a few minutes. Because what's happening is, is we're losing sight of the most important, most powerful thing that a follower of Jesus has. One word, belief. That's it, belief. Belief. Not scripture, not how many scriptures you got memorized. Belief, completely 100% belief. Like I said, one Bible, thousands of denominations. So important to see this because when you start looking at truth, not a religious opinion or, or a process of you've been in church so long and this is how everybody's always believed and you've not challenged it because this is the way it's always been. I've been there, done that, had my Bible college years, had my years in church, and this is just the way we just accept it. There is no challenge to it. Because this is how we talk. This is the Christianese that goes out. But is it truth? I'm not saying it's not all true. I'm saying foundation is the key. The foundation needs to be the truth. And then you build on that. See, the truth I have helps me see this in a greater light. And it empowers me even greater. And that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. But you have to have the foundational belief to be able to have the pure belief. And they do line up. But if you're just lined up in a Bible belief without the understanding of belief, which I will show you, you're going to get rocked because you're going to read a scripture or see a scripture that you can't answer, or it confuses you, or it doesn't make sense, or you've been hurt by it. And all of a sudden, your belief, your foundation is rocked, or you're leaving Christianity. Why would you do that? Because of this, and not because of this. I'll show you. The reason why it's so important because we have 
We have lost power in what God has shown us in his word that belongs to us because of how we believe. How can we win a fight if we don't have the power to win? I've read these scriptures years and majority of people hear them, memorize them and have total failure constantly. Okay, well, who are we going to blame? I mean, come on, we gotta, there's got to be blame somewhere and we won't put it on ours. We were going, but I, read, I, I got the Bible memorized. I got the scripture memorized. I, that says it right there. That's the problem. We have to get to where we believe. Yeah, but see, to believe you have to have the Bible. No, 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 that's a lie. That is not even founded on common sense. But I'll prove that point in a minute. Let's move on. Belief, Mark 5.35. The people run to Jairus. It's about Jairus' daughter. Remember we talked about the story uh, uh, last week or so, or two weeks ago, and Jesus is going to heal her. He gets working with another situation with a woman that had a blood issue, and the people come to Jairus and say, don't worry about it, your daughter's dead now. Don't bother Jesus anymore. She's dead. Mark 5.35. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, she's dead. Don't bother him. She's dead. Don't bother him. Come on now. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only Believe. You know what? Don't be afraid. Only believe. Believe what? The scripture? What, believe, I mean, what's he, what are you supposed to believe? That Jesus will heal his daughter and she will live. That's it. How? how where's it written? No, no, it, it's not written anywhere. And by the way, Jesus didn't go tell Jairus. Jairus, if you believe in me, later on, if something ever happens to your daughter, know that I'll heal her. No, that didn't happen. Then where did this come from? Someone told him convincingly. Jesus is the healer and he heals and he will heal your daughter. She's sick. I'm telling you, you got to go to, really, Jesus? Yeah, you've heard some stories. Well, I heard them, but I wasn't sure. You know me. You know who you, uh, we've been close. I'm telling you, he's a healer. Right, really? Jesus is a healer? Yes, he'll heal her. All you have to do is get him and he's going to heal your daughter. Okay. I believe that. Where is he? I, I heard he's in the town over there. I'm going to go get him right now. Are you, you're going to go get Jesus? Yeah. Why? Because I believe that he will. You said it. You said it. You said he'd heal her. I, I did say it. Well, okay, I'm going to believe. I don't know if you walked that way. <laughs> Jesus, my daughter, please come heal her. Are you listening? Matthew 9, 28. 
And when Jesus had come into the house, blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Some blind guys came to Jesus. Do you believe that I'm able to heal you? Now, why would they come to Jesus? They were blind. They didn't see and just, whoop, there's Jesus. Now, why, why'd they go to Jesus? Listen, guys, I can't stand you're blind. But I saw Jesus heal a blind guy. You're blind. You can be healed. So let's go find Jesus and he'll heal you. What? What do you mean he'll heal us? I mean, uh, no, I'm over here. Okay. No. What do you mean? What do you mean? He'll heal you. Jesus will heal you. The blind men are led to the house. They're in front of Jesus. Are you guys hearing me? Jesus turns to the blind men. Do you believe I can heal you. Do you have the scriptures memorized of the Old Testament of me? Do you have the Bible understanding? Do you have a foundational truth of I am the Savior? No. Do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord. He touched their eyes according to the scripture memorized. No. According to your Faith, belief, let it be done unto you. Their eyes are open. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Mark chapter 9, verse 21. The, the daughter that was possessed by an evil spirit. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? I mean, the, the son. He said, from childhood. Often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to kill him, to drown him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. The father says, if you can do anything. Jesus says, if you can believe. The father said, if you can, of course he can do anything. But the father needs an adjustment in his belief. Just as Christians need an adjustment. God, if you do this, if you would just do this, if you can do this, if you would just talk in just the way this guy did. And Jesus is speaking right back at us saying, if you can believe, if you can believe, All things are possible to those who have received Jesus and are born again and talk in tongues and go to church. No, 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 no. Excuse me, he's not even talking to a Jew. He's talking to a Gentile. Someone that is not part of the covenant and as right now, according to the law, has no part of the covenant. And what is Jesus doing to this Gentile, non-covenant person? Telling this person that has no covenant with God, if you can believe and join the Jewish tribe. Sounds funny, but that's what even happened in the New Testament. They tried to revert him into Jews. They couldn't believe in circumcision of the heart. 
Think about this. Even the Bible clarifies the truth of the Bible. And what does Jesus say? If you can believe, all things are possible. All things are possible. How? Belief. How does faith come? And that's in Romans what? 1017. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing this? No. Uh-oh, we got a problem. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say logos, the written word. It says rhema. So how does, let's put it, belief. Because faith is what? Confident belief, right? So that confident belief comes from what? Hearing and hearing what? It says the word of God, but what is it in the Greek? It's the rhema of God. And what is the rhema of God? I'm telling you, I've seen him heal blind eyes. He heals blind eyes. If you guys just, if you can believe If I can believe all things are possible, that's what Jesus said. I can believe, I can believe my son's healed, my daughter's healed. I can believe, I can believe, I can believe, I can believe. This is so important. Now, I understand we have a Bible and we've had Bible for a long time now. So it's sometimes a little difficult for us because we are blessed with the Bible. But I'm going to tell you something. If we can have so many Bibles, three, four, five, six different Bibles in our houses, why aren't people being changed? And how come I can be in church for over 35 years of ministry and see all these religious fools with all kinds of Bibles and can quote scripture that are filled with the devil? Just rotten human beings. No character, no integrity. Just evil. What's happening? The truth. The truth. God never said they will change you. I grew up with a Bible in our house. Do we believe in God? Not really. Do we believe in Jesus? Not really. Do we go to church? No. Why do we have a Bible? Because you're supposed to. It, you know, it wards off evil spirits or something. I honestly thought God, who I really didn't know, I thought he was going to kill my dog because my dog chewed the side of the Bible. I could, I I honestly believe God's going to kill my dog. Now, why would I get that? Because I have a doctrine of that. He killed my puppy when I was like six years old. That's who I blamed it on. My dog got out because someone left the gate open, not me. And got hit by a car. And you know who I blame? God. I don't go to church. We don't read the Bible. No one opened that thing up. Nothing. But that's what you do. Why? Because that's what religion does. Look at your insurance policy. Every every flood, every earthquake, every tornado is called an act of God. An act of who? It should be an act of the devil. And you're insured for any acts of the devil. <laughs> Tornadoes, floods. You know, I, honestly, that would, be, that would be the truth. That would be the right thing. But that's not how it's written. So let's, let's go on. He says, if you can do anything, Jesus says, if you can believe. 
all things are possible. Immediately the father cries out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Isn't that interesting? I believe. Help my unbelief. What's going on here? Is he lying to Jesus? No. I believe he believed. But I also believe that he wanted help with his areas of unbelief. Now, this is so vital, so very, very important. Listen, listen very carefully because this will bring so much freedom in your life. When you see words like this, you need to pay attention to them because it is not a statement of failure. It's not a statement of, 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 of a non-ability to have a miracle. It's a statement of reality. He's saying, I have belief in this moment right now, but there are other areas I don't have belief in. There are other things that are causing me not to believe. And it is a reality that we have to understand because how is belief operated? You see, we see it in scripture. Belief comes through what? Hearing and hearing and hearing. Now take that as what I always say in church. A natural principle will always line up to spiritual truth. How do you grow in belief in something? Knowledge. Knowledge. That knowledge being built up into a belief system. And what happens? You will have belief. You can talk to me about different things that you are very successful at. And because of my lack of belief, I can have unbelief. Like, really? Sure. And you're talking to me like, are you kidding me? I do it all the time. But see, because of my unbelief, I'm doing what? I'm questioning. I'm questioning. And you see this all the time. And I'm talking normal life, right? This is what happens in the faith. We have an area where we hear and we hear and we hear, but we have a weak area over here. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm going to heaven. I believe that I know that I know I am. Tithe? I don't, I don't know about tithing. I'm not going to tithe. Unbelief. You believe in this part, but not this part. I believe I can be delivered. I believe I can set free. And I believe coronavirus? I don't, how am I going to, how am I going to, well, I don't know what to do. Unbelief. You have belief. Lord, help my unbelief. Right? You guys see this? This is so important because it helps you look at this and go, okay, this ain't about failure. It's about the reality of our faith, the reality of walking with Jesus. There are going to be areas that, what? That our belief is not strong. What do we do? How do you build up your belief? Think about it. How do you build it up? See, we assume that it's taking the scripture and repeating and saying it over and over and over. That's not how belief is built. Belief is built is the communication of the person operating in it. That's why Paul would say, follow me. Mimic what I'm doing. I got results. Mimic. Follow them as I mimic and follow Jesus. He's saying, listen, this is a picture. Not to just the holy bishop pastor. No. To each other. 
as each one of you have success, as a life greeter, life greeter, greeter, life group leader has success in their walk, as a usher has success in their walk, as a children's teacher has success in their walk, as a whoever has success in their walk and are having times of victory, they then do what? They speak the rhema word of God. God is a provider. God does take care of my needs. God is the healer. God restored health. And we talk the rhema word of God and you aren't reading it, God heals. You're hearing the testimony of God heals. And we need testimonies. Do you understand that? I need testimonies. I could hear God wants us blessed with children. I can hear that. I had the scriptures. I repeated the scriptures. I prayed the scriptures. It's when I heard people that had the testimony that God gave them babies when they couldn't have babies. When God, that's when you go, bam, then it belongs to me. If it can happen to them, it can happen to me. And that word that's alive because that's a rhema, it becomes, becomes fresh and living with inside me. So it isn't about the word in the sense of, well, the scripture doesn't really say because I can show you a scripture over here. Uh-oh, then what am I going to do? Am I going to base it on my belief or am I going to base it on another's opinion of scripture? I said, one Bible, thousands of denominations. That's when you go, well, who's got the truth? You know who's got the truth besides me? Right here. It doesn't contradict itself. The problem is we don't use common sense. My first stage of growth, and I'm talking about after Bible college and everything. I don't even consider those stages of real growth. I, my growth, stages of growth is when this thing became something different. It started coming alive in my life. And it wasn't based upon what you could say or what scripture you could pull out. It's what I knew. See, I knew what God did. I knew what he's done. And it lines up with scripture, but also the understanding of this. You are trying to tell me that God won't do this when God himself consistently did it. It's like in healing. God doesn't heal. God gives sickness. Huh. Interesting. Because there are many denominations, and I would, I would venture to say that highest percentage of people believe that God uses sickness and disease. I believe percentage-wise that most Christians believe that. Now, they believe that God will miraculously sometimes heal, but most believe that sickness and disease, that he'll use that. My question would be this. If that is such a vital doctrine, that's a, a foundational truth, would not Jesus, who was revealing the Father during three and a half years, which this is a major doctrine, would he not Go to people that were sick with, 
whatever disease and say, I can't heal you because the Father is teaching you something. Would he not do that to show that that is a valid doctrine? Would not Jesus in his time period that represented the Father God against the enemy, would he not have said, I know that Satan caused this and I know sin destroying your body, but I can't heal you because God's teaching you. Or God put this on you, therefore I can't heal you. What would be difficult to put it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Or for him to do it just a couple times? If it's a major belief and doctrine of who God is and who Jesus revealing the Father is. And what do you see? You never see it. As a matter of fact, the only time you see an inability, inability to heal is when the people would not receive it. There's your doctrine of health. It's what Jesus wants you to have. When you hear that, if someone tries to trash talk you on that, just say, I'll believe every word you say. Show me Jesus doing that. And I will submit to your teaching. And they won't be able to do that. No one can. Why? Because it's not in the scripture. It doesn't show that. So what do we know? God's a healer. Do not blame the things of the devil to God. You know what that is the definition of? Blasphemy. Attributing the works of Satan. You thought it was a cuss word, right? You thought, <laughs> you're blaspheming. You said GD. You know, you just, that's what most people do. No. Blasphemy is attributing the works of Satan to God. And Christians do it all the time. That's sad, isn't it? Yes, it is. But we're not going to do that, are we? We're not going to go that way. Well, what if I don't get a healing? What, does that make God a liar? Does that make Jesus a liar? No. It's not what if or how come. It's belief. Belief. Yeah, but I've been believing. Oh, so you're now telling me that there are beliefs that you have beliefs in that you don't believe? If they're real beliefs, you always believe them. Unless they weren't real beliefs, right? When I was a kid, I believed Big Lake was the biggest, largest body of water on planet Earth. Is that ridiculous? But I was a little kid. My dad said Big Lake is the biggest lake in this area. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. That's what's called Big Lake. And the teacher asked the class, what is the largest body of water on planet Earth? I raised my hand. Big Lake. Do you believe that? She laughed, as well as all the other kids. Because it's what I knew at that time. I didn't know anything else. So I had to do what? Change my belief. It's Lake Havasu. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go up a notch. I'm just saying that there are certain times when we believe something that aren't true. What do I do? Fix the belief to truth. 
That's it. Fix the belief to truth. Some of you, you hanging on, and I'm talking about Christians. You hanging on to things that aren't biblically true, but you hang on to them. They're almost like crutches. Yeah, but if I let it go, I'll have to change. Yeah, exactly. Join the club. It's a constant change. That's what we do. We change, right? There's nothing wrong with change. We got to keep changing. Amen. It's our responsibility to change. Romans 5.17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of God. Now, we see how faith comes, right? We saw Jesus say what? Believe, 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 right? Believe, believe, believe. Faith comes. Y'all got that? Okay. There's going to be a couple scriptures that rock people's faith if they look at the truth behind the scripture. And it's a two times that Jesus said, great faith. Not a Sadducee, a Pharisee, not one of the disciples, not a person down the street. Jesus himself said, great faith. Great faith. Faith comes what? By hearing and hearing and hearing what? The rhema word, great faith. Are you guys catching this? Great faith. The, the, the Roman centurion. You don't have to come. Say the word. My servant will be healed. Jesus. Great faith. Great faith. Jesus, my child's dying. Jesus said, ah, you know, the bread's for the children of Israel. Well, even the crumbs fall off the table and the dogs eat the crumbs. Great faith. Not you have faith. Great faith. Both of these people are not Jewish. Both of these people have nothing to do with Israel. As a matter of fact, both of these people are enemies of the Jews. How do they have great faith if Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by memorizing and reading your Bible over and over and over. No, it doesn't say that, does it? No, 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 no. And a lot of you have a tendency to go, yeah, but we got this Bible and you got, see, you, you keep wanting to pull it in. You keep wanting to just keep pulling it in. But you still got to understand, you have a Bible. Thank God for the Bible. We have this word that gives us quicker access to information. But if you're banking your faith and banking your belief on it, you missed it. You're still missing it because you got to hold on to that old belief system. Are you hearing? I need to know what this says. Why do I need to know? Because I need to know so I know that I have the ability to believe in that area. But you're saying that without the Bible, you can't. Well, then you're telling me that the church never started, nor did tens of thousands, millions of Christians become Christians without a Bible because the first Bible didn't happen until 1,500 years. The first Bible made to the public 1,500 years after the resurrection. 
So for 1,500 years, no one could serve Jesus. For 1,500 years, no one could be strong in faith. Is that what you're telling me? Because that's, that's what you're saying. If you tie it to, it's got to be this. And I'm telling you, no, it doesn't. It has to be you believing someone that believes someone that believes someone that believes someone that ultimately believed a disciple. That you believe someone that believes someone that believes someone that believes someone that ultimately believed Peter. That you believe someone that believes someone that believes someone that believes someone that ultimately believed Paul. That you believe someone that believes someone that believes someone that believes someone that believes someone that ultimately believed Titus. That you believe someone that believes someone. Do you understand what I'm saying? There were no scriptures in the New Testament. The first one wasn't even written for 50 years after the resurrection. That was 1 Thessalonians. 15 years. I mean, uh, 50. The Gospel of Mark, 70 years. First one. 70 years before a gospel was written. think about this stuff. We're not talking about 70 years before the gospel of Mark went to the Jerusalem printing press and they rolled out a million copies for everybody. No. It was written. One scroll written. This is powerful because what it's doing is getting you to understand the power of your belief. That power of your belief is what is going to bring a miracle. Not the power of this or here or what someone read or what the pastor spoke. Or, no, what you believe. You understand what you believe. This is interesting. Think about the years before a Bible. How did people, hold on. I'm going to tell you about my life change, but I'm going to go get, let me, I got to go to Ephesus because I heard there's a scripture that was just written. Let me see if they'll let me have it. I'll bring it to you. You can read it. And as you read it, you can see, no. No, because even these written manuscripts weren't produced off. This didn't happen until years later that there become replications or add-ons. People started writing there. There was even a Judas Iscariot letter from Judas, you know, the one that sold Jesus. Judas, the one that the devil was a part of his life. He had an old scripture. Is that crazy? But what you have to see is you have to look at the resurrection. You have to look at hundreds and thousand years where this church was growing and impacting the world, turning the world upside down. How? There were no Bibles. They weren't all gathered together and passing around these scrolls and reading. Well, did you read your scroll today? How many read? Listen, that's what you do. This is what people do. Now, thank God. Thank God we have a Bible. But if you're tying your growth on, did you read your Bible today? Because this, this is what we do. Why, why, why? Because we are brought up this way. 
And it's also tied to legalism, rules, regulations. You got you to gotta know good walk. Why? Because you don't read your Bible. Now, is reading scripture good? Of course it is. Is praying good? Talking to God good? Of course it is. Memorizing scripture, is it good? Of course it is. If you want to, I believe you need to know scripture. But if you need to find it for someone, it's good to have the memorization of where it's at. But this didn't even come till years later, chapter and verse. So all of a sudden, chapter and verse now is a vital importance of spirituality. No, it isn't. Just knowing the scripture. I know probably 80% more scripture than chapter and verse scripture. But I know the scripture. Where was, where's that in Peter? I don't know, but it's there because I know the scripture. In other words, to help you find something on something that I already know might take a little time. When someone that has it memorized, they can say, oh, it's right there. First Peter 2.24, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. But I can say it without even knowing that and go, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Peter wrote about that. Where is that at? It's in Peter's writing. I just told you that's what it is. But the, what are we doing? We're trying to validate and establish that this is the spiritual part, but it's not. Can you believe? See, what brought that alive to me? When I believe that, yeah, it does belong to me and I was healed. When my eardrum was that the specialist said I would not be able to hear out of, 80% would be gone, totally, completely healed. How did that happen? Because I spoke that word over and over and over and over and over and over and over. No, not at all. I believed well, my hand that was broken on a jet ski healed instantly. And the doctor said, when did you get the cast on? I said, I never had a cast on. He goes, well, yeah, right. Your hand's been broken. It was like, you can see it in the x-ray. And it was a broken hand that was healed. Oh, wow. My bad. Should have got a cast. Totally healed. I can go, I can just, I can count off so many different things. Tied to what? Belief. Belief. When I went to uh, the different areas in Guatemala and I'd go into a hut where I'm visiting a grandma and an old lady that sent people to go get that big, tall white pastor down the road. And they went and got me and I went inside this little hut and their daughter, about 14 years old, skin and bone, legs were about that big, hasn't walked her life. She just grows, but she's never walked, never moves. And they said, please pray for her. And I said, let me get someone who can. No, I did not do that. I told my interpreter that was with me, who, by the way, was a young Christian, but he was bilingual. And I took him alongside with me. And I said, you're going to hear, watch, and you're going to be totally following everything I do. And everything I say, you say it exactly. If you believe it or not, I don't care. I want you to say exactly and how I say it. And that's, he said, I'll do it. So I start talking to him. And I'm saying, I'm going to lay hands on her. She had a blanket over her. I go, I'm going to lay, I'm going to put my hand on her. And I'm going to believe. 
and your daughter is going to walk. And so I'm telling you, she was just bone, just skin over a bone, just sitting there, laying there like this. I laid my hands on her. He's speaking to the Spanish. In the name of Jesus, you are going to rise and you're going to walk. Thank you, Jesus. I stood back. And we just stood there. He stood there. I stood there. My hands are raised. His hands are raised. And we're just looking. And in my head, I'm going, she's going to walk. I know it. And all of a sudden, no, she didn't get on the bed and start jumping. (laughs) All of a sudden, her foot moves. I saw her foot move. No one else saw it. I saw her foot move. And inside, I'm going... it's like adrenaline pumping. But all of a sudden she goes like this and lifts her leg and bends it. The ladies go crazy. Oh, Dios mío, Dios mío. They're just just going, I mean, tears. And then her other leg, both legs become lifted in a, like this. She lifts them both up. It's freak out city. We're all going crazy. We're all crying. Now, well, how come she didn't walk? How come she wasn't out running a marathon? How come she's really healed? She's never moved her whole life. She raised two legs. She has no muscle. I leave, come back here. A month later, I get a call about the girl, and she's walking, walking. A month later. See... That's one of the many that I've seen, that I've personally seen. I've seen the blind eyes open. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen, I've seen arms grow. I've seen this. I've seen, I've experienced this. So when I talk to someone about Jesus healing, about the word of God healing, because it's there, it's our covenant. I'm saying it out of belief, complete belief. I'm not saying it because I have the scripture memorized, but I do have it memorized in the Old Testament and the New. But that's not what created the belief. What created the belief is right here. My walk with Jesus isn't based on this. You might think, well, how how can that be? It's not. They didn't show me the scripture and said, this is where it's at. They didn't quote scripture and say, you have to believe this. They said, call on Jesus and you can be healed. And what did I do? Dropped on my knees and I said, Jesus, I believe. No Bibles, no scriptures. Why? Well, first of all, according to scripture, it's spiritually blocked to me. I could not understand it. It can only be spiritually discerned. What's happening? I'm believing. It took a process of time, but I started believing that Christian through his life and his words. It was a warfare. I constantly didn't want to believe, but it kept pulling on me. I'd go home at night thinking about him. If he only knew that during that time, it would have been really bad because I acted like, you don't do nothing. You ain't nothing to me. You can act that Christian thing. I don't believe in that. That's how I was treating him. But I'd go home thinking about it all the time. 
I think, man, that guy's just something's different about him. And it would totally freak me out. Because anything or I just I wanted him to screw up, but it never happened. It was he had a real thing and I wanted it. And finally, I just quit the fight and received Jesus. Eating at his house, the guy I couldn't stand, bologna sandwich, what I didn't eat. Is that crazy? I mean, I'm, I'm his number one enemy. I learned this stuff after I received Jesus. After I see, received Jesus, the real Chris, the guy that led me to Jesus, the one that led me to this revelation of Jesus, the real Chris came alive. I came home and his wife's there too. She goes, this is true. He would complain about you. He would get so mad. I think he even cussed. And he would just be so angry with me. And you didn't know what he did to me today. And she, she had to deal with his anger toward me. But he would not reveal that at work. I wish I would have known that. I would have said, yeah, that's right. You're not a good Christian. <laughs> no, he was just being a real person that followed Jesus. So ultimately, what happens? He invites me to lunch. And I go. That's crazy. Why would I do that? I don't even like bologna. But it wasn't about any of that. It was about enough's enough. I'm going over his house for lunch. He knew it was the day. I didn't know what was going on. I'm just like going, okay, I'll go with you. I go to his lunch. He sits me down at his table in his apartment. He starts talking to me and saying, it's time. It's time for you to receive Jesus. And I go, yes, it is time. And I want to receive Jesus. He goes, well, then ask Jesus. Uh, Jesus, come into my heart. And I just dropped on my knees. I start bawling like a little baby. What happened? Ramah. I came alive unto Jesus. Can't take that away from me. I don't care what you believe about scripture. Because I can tell you what religion does. Religion will start questioning you on anything God does for you. I just got saved and I, I got water baptized. Oh, really? Where? Well, at church. What kind of church? Well, it was the Baptist church. Oh, the Baptists? You think the Baptists know what they're doing? What type of, Je- what type of water baptism? In Jesus' name or Father, Son, Holy Spirit? You're saying, I just got water baptized and my life's changed. Religious people will always say, I got healed. I went to a conference and I got healed. What kind of conference? Well, it was, um, I don't know. It was a conference that believed in healing and they asked people to come forward and people laid hands on people. Oh, they laid hands. Did the people fall? I, I don't know. I think some people fell. See, people fell. That's fake. That's, dude, I got healed. What are you talking about? I'm healed. I got healed. I'm trying to tell you that I've been healed. I don't know about it. I don't know if it's real. See, that's what religion does. Religion is always going to try to pull down the truth of what's taking place in your heart. I'm telling you, we need to be free from all this ugliness. If if you're going to tell someone, I just, just God, God bless me and financially. Oh, yeah. You got a bonus? How long has it been since your last bonus? 
well, I don't know. It's I don't know, at least a couple of years. Well, maybe it's time that you got a new. I mean, totally. That's what religion does. It's always going to attack the good things that are happening in your life. Listen, this is part one of part two. I'm going to get into some really amazing things because ultimately we're going to see what we need to have. And I'm going to talk about not an in-depth study of the armor, but I'm going to talk about what is the armor of God that helps us stand against the enemy. And the truth is, is knowledge. The knowledge of what the armor is. You don't put on a helmet. You put on the knowledge of salvation. And that knowledge of salvation has the ability to help you fight this war that we are in. And so we're going to quickly look at that stuff, but then we're going to look at scriptures to realize that that warfare of this enemy works through governments and religion. I'm going to show you some interesting things that will really pop out at you, and you're going to go, oh, my gosh, this is a real battle. Exactly. Just like it's the battle right now for you to receive Jesus. If you're in here and you've never received Jesus, there's things going on all over the place. But most of the time when you're in a battle for your soul salvation, for you to be able to enter into the family of God, it's not a battle of what truth is. It's a battle of what your opinions are. And that's what people deal with. What took me so long was opinions, what I thought, what I believed. And ultimately, it's got to get to the heart. See, I don't need a Bible to know that I'm saved. I don't need a Bible to know that I'm healed. I don't need to know a Bible that God delivers. I don't need a Bible to know that God prospers me. Now, did the Bible help me see this covenant that belongs to me? Yes. And how has it helped me? It's given me assurance, but it's something I believe. Now, ultimately, thank God that we have this. And we have the ability to study it. We have the ability to look at. We have the ability to receive it. We have the ability to get instruction from it. That's why we have it, people. But you don't base, you don't base the foundation of you being a follower on this. You base it upon your belief. Do you get this? Do you believe? And that's my question. Can you believe in Jesus? Not can you believe in church? Not can you believe in the Bibles or the different translations or the different types of churches? My question is this. Can you believe in Jesus? And if you can believe in Jesus, then all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So I ask anyone in here, everyone out there, call on the name of Jesus according to scripture you will be saved. Say this with me. Jesus, save me. I ask you to come into my life. I believe in you. I am saved in Jesus' name. Now, if you said that prayer, if you spoke those words out, press that button, show us that you did. And if you've received it in here, you press your button by raising your hand. Then if you raise your hand, we have people that can talk with you. Six feet, of course, separation. Love you guys. Be blessed in Jesus' name. See ya.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.